This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. My guest today, Amanda Weinstein, is an economist, Air Force veteran, and co-host of the Suburban Women Problem podcast. She is also a good friend, uh, and we'll be getting regular updates from her on how the so-called culture wars intersect with domestic extremism. Amanda, welcome to your first episode of Against All Enemies. Oh, thanks for having me, Ken. I'm excited to be here. Let's get right to it. Moms for Liberty which we have mentioned already on this show, cast itself as a humble grassroots organization dedicated to protecting children and families from the nefarious assault of us. <laughs> can we, can, the we, can I just left. laugh out loud right there? <laughs> you may laugh out loud. What is going on with Moms for Liberty? You probably have some neighbors who check the boxes. Give us some insight. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I've got some Moms for Liberty neighbors. I've actually asked to meet them for coffee. Uh, they said really? no. <laughs> oh, yes. They said no. They they declined. Um, I was like, okay, it's just coffee. It's fine. Uh, that's fine. I don't really need to have coffee with them. Um, yep, Moms for Liberty are active in our school board and many school boards across the country. Uh, in our school boards, they started off really with hating a lot of the COVID measures and pushing against those in our schools. Um pushing against, you know, what a lot of parents in our district were, you know, pushing for a safe return. They wanted an unsafe return. So the protecting the kids is a little funny when you're really pushing for that unsafe return to school. Uh, but then, you know, they quickly moved on to book banning and a lot of really extremist stuff. Um, so I am now regularly called a groomer and a pedophile. So that is basically their favorite retort. This myth that they have constructed that it's just some concerned moms getting together because they they love their kids and they love their communities and their schools. It has some real money behind it. It has some real sophisticated political strategy behind it. This is not uh, an organic movement, right? Oh, it definitely is not. So we had a lot of the action with CRT started in Loudoun County, which is the wealthiest county in this country now because it's a suburb of D.C. And it started with people who are very well ingrained in the conservative uh, GOP and, you know, the farther right part of the GOP, frankly. And they instantly put money behind it. They put talking points behind it, behind in the strategy and at first, it did seem like a grassroots movement. We saw moms come to the school board and say they were concerned about a certain book. And then suddenly, the more we heard about it, they started saying word for word the same thing in school districts across the country. Word for word, same complaint about same book. And then it became very apparent that this was not a grassroots movement, that there was more to this, and that there was an organization who were training, especially women, to go into these school boards and ban books, accuse teachers of being pedophiles, accuse school boards of having these ulterior motives of trying to indoctrinate kids, just stuff that was completely untrue for anyone who knew anything about their own school district. 
which is frankly most women who are and parents who are involved with their kids, know a little bit about their school district to know it wasn't true. Now, their extremist ideology has been exposed for what it is, but they have ties to even more extremist organizations that actually act out that ideology on the streets. They're tied to the, the Proud Boys, right? They have connections to groups like the Oath Keepers. That's right. So recently, Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, put them on their list of anti-government extremist groups. They clearly have ties to Proud Boys and a number of organizations that are known for doing things like trying to overthrow the government. This is basically their little local version of how do we overthrow a government? Let's overthrow the school board. Why are school boards a front line in this fight? Why is suburbia, why does it feel like like the trench lines are being dug in suburban America uh, and and the culture wars emanate from there. I mean, according to Moms for Liberty themselves, this is straight out of Hitler's playbook. And I'm not exaggerating here. They literally printed a newsletter giving a quote from Hitler that the youth are the way to get what you want. So they are taking playbooks from dictators and from Hitler to try and get what they want. Can you talk about that invocation of totalitarians, Hitler at the top of the list, but there was a recent Moms for Liberty convention and the speaker talked about, you know, resurrecting the teachings of Mao, I believe it was, Stalin, Pol Pot. And I mean, I think they can retreat to some degree under the cover of, look, we just want to learn this stuff. We're not celebrating it. But when you see that the, and I want to cover this, especially the anti-LGBTQ plus positions of these groups map directly onto the incredibly racist and prejudiced and anti-gay positions of Hitler and, and, and Mao and Stalin. It's not an accident that they quote Hitler openly, like with attribution no. in their newsletters. No, it is not an accident. I think some of them are right now trying to bat their eyes and say, oops, sorry. They knew exactly what they were doing. And at their convention, Mark Robinson just doubled down and said, you know what? We are going to quote Hitler and Stalin and Mao and Castro. And he is also came to fame. So he, Mark Robinson's Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, he came to fame because he went viral for a pro-gun speech. We are now living in this era of who can go viral. And that is something that Moms for Liberty knows very well. And one thing that they teach our people to do is here's how you go to a school board and go viral, because this is how we get our message across. And they have people like Mark Robinson who have gone viral for peddling very anti-Semitic tropes. So it is not a coincidence that people like Moms for Liberty and Mark Robinson are quoting people like Hitler, who also have said known very anti-Semitic things uh, that just seem to stick with them. And they doesn't seem to matter that they said these anti-Semitic things. You mentioned Lieutenant Governor Robinson's viral pro-gun speech. Tell us a little bit about the intersection of these ideologies. And I think the, the gun worship is especially instructive because the same group that is banning books from schools Moms for Liberty, is also advocating putting more guns into schools. How does that thinking rationalize itself? I mean, this goes along with the thinking of, you know, to stop gun violence, what we really need is more guns. You have the same mindset, 
that says kids can't learn about Ruby bridges, but their teachers should be packing heat thinking about which one of them they need to shoot first. Yep. And this just makes no sense with the research. All the research says is that when you put more guns in a situation, you just heat it up. That's like adding gasoline to a fire, expecting it to go out. It's just completely nonsensical. But then we also have things like we have this myth of a good guy with a gun, but somehow the good guy doesn't need a background check. And all of this is going in there. This is what's really going to protect our kids. When we have research out there of what can protect our kids, and we know that there are common sense gun laws out there that can protect our kids. Right now, gun violence is the number one killer of kids in our nation. And when they want to go out and talk about how they want to protect kids, but not from gun violence. They're going to, you know, throw more gasoline on that fire. Then the whole, you know, claim that they're here to protect our children, it just is falling flat for me. Because if you really want to protect our children, you would be for common sense gun laws. And it really doesn't make sense to me. When you look at things that happen in Colorado, we did have a good guy with a gun and he did take out the shooter. And what happened to him? The police came in and shot him because when you're in a firefight, man, that fog of war gets really confusing. And if you want guns in the hands of everyone, you're going to end up with a lot more casualties. Tell me what the Suburban Women Problem podcast is doing and especially your parent organization, Red Wine and Blue. Give us just a snapshot of, of that group and then how you're taking on Moms for Liberty. Yeah, I mean, so we are definitely battling an uphill, you know, battle here. When you look at CBS Sunday Morning doing things like profiling Moms for Liberty, because it's clickbait, right? This extremist group of women. But the fact is that these extremist group of women don't represent most parents. So what does? So here what we see is organizations like Red, Wine, and Blue are trying to get the voices of most parents out there. Most parents who don't want someone else to decide for them what books their kid can or can't read. And so they do things like troublemaker training in the parent playbook where they tell parents, look, here's what goes on in a school board. Here's what they're doing with, their, with these school boards. Here's how you can actively push against this to protect your school's and your child's education. So they are pushing for freedom to parent where we should be free for our kids to have an education that includes an accurate history, that includes the books that they want access to, not someone deciding for me what my kids can have access to. And a lot of that really involves just talking with parents, having a conversation with your neighbor at the bus stop and having those real conversations about, hey, did you hear what's going on at the school board? And those, those kind of conversations and those connections are really how we push against this. And we've seen in my own community, when we just have these conversations, whether it's when we're at a local restaurant, we happen to see some friends, even if it's on Facebook and some other you know, social organizations where we can just chat, what we see is those parents do show up. And we saw in our school district, when they tried to take over our school board, couldn't do it. They then tried to take over our library, couldn't do it. We had a library election where there would be double digit people showing up. Suddenly the room had you know hundreds of people in it, all of them saying, we don't want you taking over our library. So what it really takes is you just have to get to know people and talk with people. It doesn't have to be new people. Talk with your neighbor, talk with the friends that you already have and have those real conversations with people. So our you know, on the suburban women problem, we really try to have those real conversations and let those stories kind of bubble up of what's really going on, not the clickbait. I think that activism is the most important piece because we see this again and again, 
the the loudest voices in the room, the Moms for Liberty types, aren't really representative of the communities they claim to to represent. And when there's any pushback or enough pushback, they they cave. And I I also think it's worth saying that's a hallmark of bullies, right? Mm-hmm. When they when they get punched back, and I'm not advocating violence, you know what I mean. When when people stand up to them, they they fold, and that. When I say people, that's us. That's communities that are aware, that are vigilant. When they realize the power they have in those local meetings, they can wield it and uh, and and do right by their communities and their kids. I think that's a good point. So I think a lot of bullies think they're in the majority. And we know Moms for Liberty and their supporters have been told you are in the majority. And that is completely untrue. There was a reason that Trump lied about his crowd size, right? He wants, and Fox News wants all of their people to think you're in the majority. Get bold, get out there. Most people think like you do. They're just not saying anything when we know that's not true. So when they suddenly walk into a school board meeting and see that they are outnumbered, sometimes it was 100 to 1. Suddenly it's made very clear to them, never been made clear before, that they are in the minority. Well, I think that's a a great call to action note to end on, Amanda. Where can people find the Suburban Women Problem Podcast and you? Yeah, so you can hear the Suburban Women Problem Podcast at basically anywhere where you hear your podcast. We also have a website, the swppod.com. And we also uh, work with Red Wine and Blue. So you can also go to Red Wine and Blue's uh, website to see what we're up to. Awesome. Thanks, Amanda. We'll, uh, we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate it.